Yeah. We, we are the epitome of black female love. Yeah. Easy for us as, as black women to, to hold up the banner and the call for everyone else. But again, Who's, who holds up the banner and the calls for That we as a black church are perpetuating the mm -hmm. same behavior as a patriarchal evangelicals have That's been doing. Right. Ah, hello, 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 ladies. Hello, hello, hello. Dr. Wright, we're just going to go ahead and get this over with. Um, we're going to open with you and um, and just let's let's just go ahead and get it over with. You know, I don't know why you guys can become such haters when I start talking about my team. I told you all, you know, I walk in a prophetic mantle. I told <laughs> you all the Chiefs were going to win. Nobody mm -hmm. wanted to hear it. Okay, well, the Chiefs have won, and we are here. Tomorrow's a big parade. If anybody wants to come, I got lodging. You can hang out at the house, um, but I'm not going to that parade. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, get, you, you pick your battles, and, and <laughs> I went to the last one. My husband was, was so encouraging. He had this huge blanket, and he kept telling me throughout the whole parade, you're not, you're not cold. You're not cold, but I was cold. I was cold. <laughs> and tomorrow, the weather is going to be even better. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. But no, I'm not going to go to the parade. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you have to admit, and we do want to welcome Leslie Powell. Um, no, Rosalind Leslie, I'm sorry. And... Um, Dr. Aminata, who's with us today, and Bridget uh, Miller, we do want to recognize you for um, listening with us today. Go ahead, like, tag, and share. Um, bring those others in. Now, right, you have to admit that you 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 weren't as confident as you had been in some of those other Super Bowl um, as as that fourth quarter was rolling around. You have to admit Ooh. that, girl. That'll preach because. <laughs> You know, my mom has dementia, and my mom, we make sure that she goes to every football party. My brother has hosts these football parties in his home, and we make sure that my mom's at every one. And the interesting thing was that my mom watched the game, she kept saying, nobody scored. Nobody scored. <laughs> wow, she kept saying that. Oh, wow. <laughs> So she even, you know, she knew that uh, it, it, it wasn't going to go well if somebody didn't score pretty quickly. But we ended up pulling it out, and I'm grateful. Mahomes was Mahomes in, in his, his own fashion um, in the yeah. clothes. I, that, that definitely would go down as, a, as one of the classic Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's a very talented young man and a very humble young man. And that yes, makes it even that much better. They were on that sideline when they don't they don't do what they're supposed to do. I don't know about humble. He might he he may be humble in other ways, but when on that football field, he was angry. Who's who was well, angry? The first the first half that I saw. Uh, Mahomes. Uh huh. With quarterback, right? That's y'all yeah. talking. 
Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Yes. You, you saw him angry? It appeared that way to me. You mean him but, or Kevin? You know, I don't watch it that much, so it, oh, it don't, okay. it don't. It it don't, that it doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. I might have missed that, but it's all right. It's all right. Listen, ladies, Doctor Wallace, you doing all right today? I'm hanging. You're hanging. Good. Well, thank you for hanging. As our <laughs> Debbie Shambach used to say, when it, it, it gets like that, tie not not in the rope and hang on. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. Holding exactly. on. That's all we can do, and I appreciate that. Definitely, our prayers are with you, Doctor Burns. Good to see you as always. As yeah, always, good to see you. Yes, yes, yes. I know we have a guest that is backstage. That is well. Let me say that before I, I've had. I've been blessed um, to. Um, I had to travel to uh, Tennessee on uh, yesterday and and got back uh, this morning. And um, when I left, you know, when you fly, it's, uh, hopefully most people do, you kind of look at the weather forecast and, and what it's like. Um, and so we, I flew out of rain to go into rain. Um, and But I know that I looked at the weather forecast and it said um, that uh, Sunday <laughs> for, for, for the D.C. area was, was rain. We're just going to have heavy rain. And so um, it is some point while I was in uh, Tennessee and, and pulled up um, uh, my because I have, I have YouTube TV, not doing the plug for them, but, but I have YouTube TV and pulled it up and, um, and to look at the local, you know, the local station. But before I opened the station, I saw it said winter weather advisors. And I was like, how did we go from rain <laughs> to winter weather advisory? And then I kept seeing one to four, right? One to four. You know, I knew that one, you know. And so here it was, you know, I left in rain and come back. And, um, you know, uh, the pilot says, uh, you know, that we're coming back to flurries, but everything north of D.C. is essentially was shut down today because they got 40, 46 inches of snow. Happened wow. Over. Yes. It went from, somehow it went from rain. <laughs> wow. It's the snow. And so, well, right says she wanted to talk about the, the mega reaction. Oh, that is right. That's right. So, uh, right? I, 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 I I have really no words for folk that don't don't read number 1 they've never read the entire lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner that right there and then the the what was wrong with the Negro national anthem. It's been Negro national anthem since 1909. Yeah, well, and I think that they started singing in the Super Bowl back in 2020, so it wasn't new. Right. Um, right. But it's an election year, and I think people do whatever they they need to do uh, to get bonus points for for their base. Um, yeah, it was a. I I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent that it was a political uh, stunt and and move. It had nothing to do with. Um, them understanding, you know, it was it was just well, they're trying to erase our history, so I guess they erase our uh, anthem as well in their in that process. But, but you. Dr. Wallace, I, I think it even goes further than that. I think if 
if it had not been an, a, a black Super Bowl uh, or, or a black halftime, it might have been gone over even better. But when Usher sang like he sang, oh my that God. That thing was awesome. Then, then, he, then he took that shirt off. Um, I, heard a, I heard a gentleman say today that he has never been a fan of Usher's and at growing up, however, he said he definitely will not be allowing his wife to go to an Usher concert alone. <laughs> he, he, he said, nor, nor will he let any woman that he cares anything about be in a room with him. <laughs> but as far as her singing the national anthem, the young lady did an absolutely awesome. Job, and when you talk about the words of the national anthem, you're absolutely right. Nowhere in those lyrics does it say anything about um, does it say anything about slaves or anything like. It talks about the freedom of a people. It talks about uh, let us re- let our rejoicing rise uh, high as the listening skies. There is nothing in there that reflects negative towards any particular race and and when you talk about them not even taking the time to read what it says you're absolutely right you're absolutely but they right. haven't read the 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 star spangled banner lyrics either yeah. no, they, no they probably have the, the ones well, that, that what, have, what, have was, what was the it. frustration with with uh Kaepernickle then if they read the lyrics because it was yet once again it was all about that color it was all about that color. And, and I, 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 I want to say this as, as, as um, I guess, as an opposite reaction to it, that on um, Friday night, um, I went to the Duke Ellington um, School um, Chorale, um, did uh, their Black History concert at... Um, Oh goodness, Holy Trinity Catholic Church is the church apparently that um, President Biden also worships at. So um, they uh, this chorale, which was um, multiracial, um, they opened um, with coming in on the, the on lift every voice and sing. Um, wow. The majority of, of the persons that were there um, were um, they looked white. I can't say they were white, but they looked white. And that um, that when the chorale began, and it wasn't printed for them to do, but when when they began with the song, lift every um, voice and sing, the, everyone that we're talking about this um, church that had about five six hundred people in it who were primarily um, of lighter hue, who all stood to their feet um, wow. as the chorale um, as they began and they opened with that. So. Um, I, I, I just, you know, and so I want to put that as an aside. That was my experience on Friday night, you know, with this uh, chorale and, and their singing of this national anthem compared to a few people who are trying to get some extra votes. <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, I think that in this, in this present, in this present season, there's always going to be a challenge somewhere. There's always going to be somebody that's not happy with the script. But God sees and knows, and He's still in control, and that's the blessing of it all, ladies. I, I also want to raise, if before you before we leave, um, the the noise 
about Biden's memory about his son's death. Mm. It was all of the hoopla about, in the report, it was not, according to some commentators, it was not appropriate, but it was to um, disparage uh, Biden since he was found innocent by a Trump supporter uh, with the documents that he had. But we still got to see what happens with the documents that other folks have. Um, and they took and shared and sold. So we, it's going to be interesting to see. How and that they were very public that they had no business having them. Right. <laughs> right. That's kind of scary. That's kind of yeah, scary. It's, it's, it's the, the games have begun. Well, they, you know, as you're talking about that, uh, I did see something earlier, which was really, I, I, I need a better understanding on it. They're talking about the prosecutor in Georgia stating mm. he's have, having an affair with the other prosecutor or something to that mm -hmm. effect. What mm -hmm. does that have to do with the price of bread? Or that she, I'm, I was wondering if it, if it was something that they had had previously, you know, if so, but you know, you're right. What does it have anything to do with it? But they're saying that because of that, they're finding an issue with it. That's what you're calling. They don't have an issue when it comes to somebody groping up, talking about folk groping others. Well, they don't well I, I don't. I don't think that Georgia has an issue, and I think that that's what what right. what. What, what needs to remain on the forefront. I don't believe, and, and this is a state case and not a national case. Mm. Um, because it is the president, you know, it has national attention, but everything that I'm familiar with with Georgia, Georgia does not have an issue. And that's really what matters. You know, what the, um, the house is trying to do and, and have Fanny come before them. I mean, she can, can't, but 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 it's important to remember it is a state case and not a federal Well, so. usually, they, you know, if it's going to make them look bad or if it's going to discount what they're trying to do, they're going to find an issue with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very frightening. Okay. And I, I know we have a wonderful guest backstage. And so uh, uh, let us get to that. He's been very, very patient. Um, with us, and so tell us about our guest that we have on today. Yes, I will. I will. Um, his bio says, "Ask George Williams what he's most passionate about." And the as the and the founder and president of Williams Financial Group will answer with a single but powerful word: people. The thing that makes us different is our care for people. He says we really care for the people that come in to see us. George founded Williams Financial in 2013, several years after seeing his parents receive devastating financial advice and watching his father-in-law deal with a pension cut. Inspired to be a strong financial steward and help others avoid the financial missteps that once plagued his parents, George now dedicates his life to helping others confidently pursue their retirement dreams and goals. 
My job is to make their vision come true, he says. George and his wife, Stacia, co-founder of the firm, are authors of the book, Faith, Family, and Finance, Your Blueprint to a Successful Retirement. George, who studied financial management at Park University in Parkville, Missouri, also has been invited to speak before the Missouri Baptist Union, YMCA, and numerous retirement communities. George also serves as the president of the board of USC, Urban Scholastic Center, geared towards building leaders through the gospel and educating students K through 12. And the list goes on. So without further ado, it's my privilege and my honor to introduce to some and present to others my son in love, George <laughs> Williams, the founder of Williams Financial. Hi, ladies. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Let's go ahead and get this over with. I know you're in Kansas City, so let's go ahead and get that over. Get get it on out to system. Let's hear it. <laughs> it feels good to be world champions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes it a little bit different when you have Michael Jordan playing quarterback. So we're good. We're happy. Um, nobody's working this week, so. <laughs> wow. Y'all got a uh, national week holiday. Okay. Uh, we, we, we take it. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Yeah. Yes, we, we are world champions again. For the uh, second year. For those that don't know, for the second year in a row. <laughs> we, we, we know. We know. <laughs> but Dr. Burns, I do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for just diligently and purposefully representing us in that red. You look amazing, dear. I, 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 I did do this purposefully for, for you on today. <laughs> Indeed, I did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Without it's always fun. It's always I, fun, uh, uh, Mr. Williams, with this group and, and your mother-in-law uh, <laughs> pushes us to the brink with that with them Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, and I, 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 was, I was nervous about it um, coming in. I said, oh, Lord, we're going to have to listen to all <laughs> kinds of stuff today about this Kansas City Chiefs. So she wasn't as bad as I thought she would be. Well, she told me I couldn't wear my jersey, so I, I had to dress appropriate to be on here because oh. I haven't I haven't taken the jersey off since Sunday. Oh my gosh! This is this is really huge for us. <laughs> it is. We've we, we've had a plenty of years of heartache and pain. Um, so the, the Lord was looking out for our city and he was looking out for our hearts. So he wants some of us to stay around here a little bit longer. Mm. <laughs> that was, that was definitely a game that will, that goes down in the history books. That was a classic for the ages. Yeah. yeah. We, we, next time we're going to just have a blowout. We don't want to, we don't want to be sitting on the edge of our seats the whole game. We want to be, we want to see them just blow the well, other I'm team glad. Up. Yeah. That was the only saving grace of the game. You guys were almost on, at the edge of your seats. <laughs> we, we were. We were. We I went were. back in, at halftime and I stopped watching. So yeah. Well, I, after, missed, I missed the the uh, the glorious play. Listen, my wife got so excited during halftime, I had to turn the TV off. 
Y'all gonna leave Usher alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hateration hate right now. That's hateration. <laughs> that's hateration. Oh, wow. yeah. And the yeah. mark well, yeah. was amazing as well. Yeah. Everything that he incorporated yeah. into that halftime show and her. Oh my gosh, that little yeah. girl. She yeah. is amazing with that guitar. Uh, I was. I, I, I don't want to, you know, get you all distracted, but you, you women of the cloth, y'all, y'all, y'all watching all that secular stuff. I need to let me go find my. Wait, wait, wait! No, she did. <laughs> <laughs> watch us football all day Saturday during college season. Watch all day Sunday. I know she's not talking about what we watch. <laughs> secular stuff. Uh, I, I know not. There is no temptation to taking you such as common to man, but God is faithful that with the temptation, he'll do what? Make a way of escape. All right. Uh, I didn't uh, turn my TV off, so. <laughs> Neither did I. After he took his shirt off, I know what was going to come next. And I mean, she was already hollering at the top of her lungs. So I was trying to say something <laughs> to the next day. <laughs> you, 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 you were just covering your household, huh? You were just I was covering my household. <laughs> my, I had kids in the room. <laughs> Is that what all that oil was on the doorpost? <laughs> wow. Wow. Listen. We are going to go ahead and move forward. We got a few questions we want to ask. Tonight is also a senior night for one of my grandsons. So um, I might have to unplug George a little, a little bit early, a few minutes early, so that we can get him over to the basketball court. Aww. But um, we're going to use him while we got him, okay? Um, Amen. Questions. First, just kind of give us an idea how you decided to become uh, to start Williams Financial and become a wealth manager. Um, we we moved into the space because of, of what I watched my parents go through. I, I thought that being a financial advisor would be able to help me make sure um, that what happened to them wouldn't ha not happen to others. Um, but the reason we started Williams Financial Group is because there's a lack of African-American owned financial firms in our community. Mm -hmm. And when we start talking about bridging the gap, um, the wealth gap, you mm -hmm. can't bridge it without education. You can't bridge it without properly placing your funds in the right space so that they do what they need to do for you later in life. So that's how we got to this space. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so in doing so, um, I, I see that your wife, Stacia, is a co-founder and she serves with you and yes. what what type of training what comes with that to, to get to this place um so of course you have to go get licensed but i think that um it goes a step further um, i think the thing that has made us successful is that we actually care about the people that sit on the other end of the table um and understanding that it's going to take a little bit more work than just putting everybody in the same place because we're actually customizing um, what you need, what, what our clients need to go further or in retirement or even to go further in life. So I think that what makes us different is we sit down and we focus on the goals. Um, we're not trying to, we're, there's no product selling. There's no telling you what you should do. 
we take a look at your goals and we build this thing around what what's important to you. So when you so the licensing, yeah, everybody gets licensed. But I think the thing that makes us different um, is our ability to connect with people and our ability to sit down and be focused on what your goals and your dreams are. Well, Mr. Williams, you, our title today is Men and Money. Yes, and ma'am. I'm curious if you if there's information that men need that women may not, or women need and it. it is there a difference in in your preparation for for financial um, success with men versus women? Is there some difference? Um, no, um, because I think that if you, everybody's different, I mean, Doctor Doctor Wallace, you and you and Doctor you and my mother in love can come and sit down, and your situation is gonna be totally different. And so mm-hmm. the way that we go about planning for you is gonna be no different than planning for her. And and and, and so I think that the idea that planning for men, well, I take that back. Yeah, a planning for men probably a little bit easier than planning for women, um, especially depending on what generation they've come from. Um, your generation was led to believe that the man went out and made the money, his social security check is higher, he has more money put into his 401k account because you stayed at home. You, your generation may have stayed at home and raised the kids, right? And the younger generation, it flip-flops a little bit. The wife is, you start to see that the wife is the more of the, the I don't want to say head of the household, but they're more of the, the breadwinner. They're, they're the breadwinner now. And so the idea of what you were giving to advice for a man that may be 55 and older for someone that is 40 or less, the, the vice just flips, right? Because now you need to really worry about what her social security check is going to be. And you need to worry about if something were to happen to her, how do you move forward and making sure that your life doesn't get affected? Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. And the, the, is there a special message that you might have um, during Black History Month uh, for us? as African-Americans, as Black people, what would be that message that you might give us to inspire us to, <laughs> um, to, to look at what you're talking about early enough so that the benefits um, are, are, they're able to um, embrace and receive those benefits um, in a timely, timely manner. Uh, Sometimes we um, are not as uh, savvy, savvy with money as um, as others. You know, I, 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 you're right. I, my generation and probably the one before believe that you put your money in the bank and you know that's what what happens. But that's that's nowhere near where we need to be in 2024 mindset. Um, We have to change our mindset when it comes to money. Um, And what I mean by mindset is, is what you believe money is for, right? I hear a lot, and and, and, and I'm going to just touch on something real quick, and I'm going to come right back. You hear a lot about generational wealth. We hear a lot of people talk about generational wealth. I want to, I want to pass generational wealth on. But we're talking about building generational wealth. But we're going out and buying the, Mercedes, the Bentley or or the Ferrari, and not really focused on what generational wealth looks like. Most times in our community, we start off at zero. So reality is, is that. Negative. Negative. Well, negative. Negative. <laughs> ne- zero. Negative. It's all about the same, right? But the reality is, if 
if we're going to talk about generational wealth, then we're setting it up today to pass it tomorrow. And the idea that that we're we're saying we want, do you want to be wealthy or do you want generational wealth? Um, and I wow. think it starts with understanding um, what you personally want. But all that comes around mindset. Um, the mindset is everything. Mindset of understanding money, our, our mindset on what we believe money can do for us. Um, and more importantly, I think that we have bad habits when it comes to mindset and how we spend our money. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, it's, so it's, I think it just really belongs, it's all around our mindset. Um, we first, we have to, the basics. I think a lot of times, we're so focused on Instagram and Facebook and, and, and telling us that, all right, go buy Apple stock, go buy Amazon stock. This is what you need to do. But what's the foundation look like? Um, is, uh, do we have our credit built the right way? Do we understand how to budget? Um, these are things that I, I believe that are the foundation of that. Because if we don't have those things in order and how to save, because how do you go invest money and you don't even know how to save, right? And so when you start talking about our, what we, how do we do this? It begins with the mindset, and, and those things, that foundational piece is credit, budgeting, and saving. That's where you start from. Mm -hmm. And so, for our, in, in our community, I think that there is we get pulled in so many different directions on what to do now um, mm -hmm. that we need to know where to start from. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. And to kind of, kind of stay with that generational wealth because. Okay. I see, and, and this is really disturbing to me, I have seen lucrative businesses, businesses that have been in families for years, black families that have been in families for years. However, however, as the parents get older, the children are either distracted or there's, there, there's a loss of interest. Uh, and it makes me think of, um, well, they're, they they lose interest in the business or they think it's not a business that they want to pursue, but mm -hmm. it has sustained the family and they don't want to take that on any longer. And it really breaks my heart because our grandparents have have worked for years and really poured into this and and built this up so that the children would have generational wealth. Mm -hmm. um, I think we don't go. It. the younger, I think what you're saying is they don't appreciate the sacrifice that their parents and grandparents uh, made. And, and so uh, sometimes I don't need to answer the question. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> no, you, no, you, 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 you're absolutely right. There is a lack of appreciation, but if, let's talk about something real quick. If you go back before the Great Depression, there were no corporations. Everybody's job was a mom pie shop. Like you were taught, you went into, if your dad was a, a carpenter, you were a carpenter. If your dad was a mechanic, you were a mechanic. It would ever, before the Great Depression, it's kind of how that happened, right? Um, and now we're going to a space, and I, and I want to talk about us for a second. I want to talk to us. We're going to a space that we are becoming entrepreneurs at a very fast rate. Um, and, it, and if we're saying that we want to bring our kids into this business and be different than what happened in the past, then we have to bring them in and just say not work in the business. But I need you to work in the business, but I need you to learn what this business is going to look like 10 years from now. Because the idea that I'm going to bring you in and I'm going to teach you what I just did the last 30 years is okay. I need I need you to understand some of this 
But what I see is a a lack of is we bring the kids in and we're not focused on them educating them for the future, what the business needs to look like for the future. We're so worried about what we did and how great we did it, that mm -hmm. our greatness can only go so far and we need them to take it to the next space instead of doing it the same way that we did it. That's good. That's really good. Cause that, but I think sometimes we do what we know and yeah. we have yet to, um, a lot of times the people of the lighter hue, they are looking 20 years ahead. Mm -hmm. We are looking at today's oh, paycheck. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a diff that there's a difference, you know, and then we what we want to we don't understand, oh well, how did that happen? What how and we're surprised when when things um start to fall we think, we think it just started but the but the other folk have been planning this e even things that we're dealing with today in our in our society they've been planning this for 20 years or more mm -hmm. that, it, it, that that is the truth but that that's where we have the opportunity to take our kids and say listen this is where we're at let's look to the future and then make sure that that they're that they're educating themselves there's courses, there's classes, there's mentorships, and making sure their kids are going out there and making sure and we have to be the ones that set them up to take that business to the next level. It's our job to do that, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it is it's amazing to me. We're talking about uh, we're talking about the kids. I I, I want to interject something here. Uh, in July of uh, 2023, <laughs> he's laughing because he, he, he knows I want to talk about this mountain. Uh, to our viewing audience and uh, Dr. Wallace and Dr. Burns, George is very strategic in what he does and how he does it. And he's very, very, uh, he's very driven when he makes a decision to do something, he makes sure that he gets it done. And so he had a desire to climb a mountain. Now, mind <laughs> you, I, when you, someone's telling you about a mountain, I personally wasn't thinking in terms of Mount Kilimanjaro, but apparently he was. Tell us about your mountain and why you pursued that mountain. So the event is called 29029 Everesting. And what it is, you climb 29,000, 29 feet in 36 hours. Um, you have 36 hours to do it. Um, and you're climbing the equivalent of, of Mount Everest. Uh, we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and climbed Snow King Mountain 19 times in 36 hours. The reason why we did it, or I, the first, let's, let's start off while I went out. I went out in 2020. 2022 was the first year I went out. I went to Snow Basin, Utah, and attempted to climb it 15 times. Um, in the midst of that, I hurt my knee and did not finish. Um, but the reason that I went is because in life, um, we have it, hard things are going to happen to us, right? And, and, and a lot of times, I don't believe that we're prepared for it. The Bible tells us that our, our mind is stronger than our body. But not a lot of times do we have an opportunity to actually show that or use that and the times that we do have to use it is 
we're in bed sick fighting something that we think is going to take us out. And all of a sudden we had no practice on our mind being stronger than our body. Um, so that was the reason why I signed up to go climb this mountain. Um, I figured that it was going to be one of the hardest things I ever did, but I do believe that we have to in life go find some hard things because when the hard things come, it helps us to be to deal with them. So I went out in 2022 and I did not finish and I came back home um, frustrated. I mean, real frustrated, so frustrated that my wife decided she was going to go with me. <laughs> um, so we went back out um, in July of 2023 in Jackson, Hawaii, Wyoming, and we climbed and we and we knocked it out. 19, 19 cents, which is equal to be 29,029 feet. Um, I will tell you this. I've never had any kids. None at all. I have five, but I've never personally had any kids. Um, so when I say this, ladies, don't beat me up for this. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it was the hardest thing I've ever done mentally or or, or physically. Um, and your mind goes to places that you did. I mean, I, we read about these stories, but you don't actually have to. We don't actually not not too many times in life do we go through these stories. Maybe I'm just too young yet. And I haven't had a chance to yet. I have five kids. And I'm 44, so I'm not that young. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. But the thing that that that. I came out of their understanding was how strong my mom was. And so, yeah, that was it. I, we climbed a mountain 19 times. <laughs> so we talk about uh, first natural, then spiritual. Yeah. So naturally you climb the mountain, but it yeah. also was of spiritual value to you as well. So share with us about the urban scholastic center which you are the president uh and and we'll go back towards these men and this money okay um so the usc urban scholastic center um i i talk about that pretty proudly i i i am the president of the board um what we do is we train leaders um through the word of jesus to become better leaders for the body of christ um, and we do that through activity. Um, we do that through programs, and it is for kids K through 12. And our whole mission is teaching them how to be leaders um, through Christ so they can be leaders in the body. Mm-hmm. Mentoring. Yeah. And, and um, does it include it, it, your, um, your, your financial training for those young people? Because that, um, that's where I think we ought to maybe focus that K-12 so that that's the 20 years ahead that that we might be able to Mm -hmm. capture um, and have some strategies that that they may know that their parents didn't know or their grandparents didn't know. Yeah, good good, good question. So one of the reasons that I even um, I'm even on the board is to understand um, how that non-for-profit sector actually really works in a way that we can use it to benefit those kids. Um, one of the things that we built out is, um, Stacy and I built out is financially lit. What it is is an education course for kids K through 12 to teach them about the foundation of their finances. So when they come out of high school, um, they understand what credit is, how to utilize it. Um, they understand what a budget is and how important it is going forward. Because the one thing I realized is half the people that walk into my office have never built out a budget. And you, and, and that is a, that is a important tool. Um, and then understand savings. Um, if the, if our kids in our community can come out of high school, understanding credit, budgeting and savings, 
Um, then that sets them up that much farther ahead. And so they're not falling into debt. They understand what a budget is. So they're not going to spend $800 on their first automobile every month. Um, they understand how to, what it's like to live off of you know, maybe 20 or 30% of the money they have coming in um, or even 50% and they're, and they're saving the rest and understanding these things at a young age um, is really important because when we look at our community in our community, they're not, the habits that we're taught about money right now aren't good. And so if we don't teach them the right habits about the money, then um, then we're setting ourselves up to continue on what we all been fighting the whole time and saying that um, the gap is so far in between. So it's part of that um, in doing so, do you teach them how to budget? Are they taught how to manage the money in a, in a sense of having yeah. more month at the end of the money than money at the end of the month? Yeah. Or is it the application more towards um, what's important with the money? I, and, and when I say that, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is I, it used to, I was always that parent that when the team needed shoes, my son's shoes never cost what the other parents' shoes cost because my son's had a size 17 shoe. And so I had to pay a whole lot more money for my shoes than the other parents whose kids were 11 and 12. They got that $87 package and I got that $130 package. <laughs> and so... I think it is really, really important that our children understand that that belt's not going, that that yeah. belt's not what's going to to, uh, to benefit you in the long run. Um, but having something, and I, I don't, I guess what I'm getting at is it seems like with these kids today, it's it's as soon as I get that check, then I run and I spend that whole check. And before 12 o'clock that night, that check's gone. So now I got to go back to work and work for the next week to <laughs> build up some money. So it, it, there's the savings advantage is what's missing and how to save. And then um, I, I know that it used to be that a child, you could take a child into a child under the age of 12, I believe, into the bank with uh one dollar and they could open yeah. an account yeah and i don't know if that's still the process <laughs> now but i i know that there are a lot of grandparents that would love to know how do i help my child or my grandchild initiate the savings process they they so I'll, I'll, before i go i'm gonna come back to there but you said something a second ago um, I remember you guys remember, you know, the Michael Jordan tennis shoes, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, so I, I have I have I've had one pair my entire life. And, and let me just tell you how that happened. So when they came out, I bugged my dad to go. But everybody else at school had Jordan. So I want some Jordans, too. Right. So I was like, can you buy me some Jordans? They were like one hundred dollars. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a pair of tennis shoes. Um, I mean, we, I mean, at that time we couldn't afford it, but more importantly, he wasn't just going to spend a hundred dollars on tennis shoes. Right. He's like, you can go get any other shoe, but that shoe. And I'm, and any other shoe means they have to be less than that shoe. But, uh, but a couple of years later, I got my first job. Right. And, and, uh, and it was at JC Penney's and I got my first check and my check was a hundred and like $24. Right. And so I, the first thing I was going to do was going to cash my check. I was going to go down. 
I was embarrassed tomorrow. I was going to go across the street to Foot, Foot Locker, and I was going to buy me some Michael Jordan. Actually, it was upstairs. I was going to buy me some Michael Jordan tennis shoes, right? So I walked across the street to, to Walmart. It was Super Walmart at the time. Cashed my check. After they charged me $5 for cashing my check, I had less than hundred and um, less than $120, right? I had like 118 or something like that. So I walked over to Foot Locker. I walked into Foot Locker. They ring up the Michael Jordan tennis shoes, and it was like, I had, it was all my money. It, literally, I had $2 left. <laughs> Needless to say, I took my money off the counter and I walked out the store and I didn't have, and, and I didn't buy any Michael Jordan tennis shoes till I was in my 30s. <laughs> wow. And the only reason why I bought something because my wife told me I need to have at least one pair. <laughs> but, but going back, Miss Wright, um, Grandparents can go open bank accounts for the kids. Um, Gabrielle mm -hmm. turned 13 last year. She got her first bank account. Um, she saved up her little birthday money, um, and we went and opened her bank account. But I want to go back to the, the beginning of that question. If we don't understand how to budget, we're going to keep spending our money on Michael Jordan tennis shoes when we don't have, but Michael, all the money we have is worth is to go buy the Michael Jordan tennis shoes. If we don't learn how to budget, we're going to continuously not be homeowners in America. Mm. If we don't learn how to budget, the idea that we're going to take a business and we're going to grow a business does not happen. But more importantly, if we don't know how to budget, we can't be sustainable and we're going to keep moving back in with our parents. Wow. Credit becomes so important because without, what age did you properly learn how to use your credit, Dr. Wallace? Mm. I was grown. You was grown. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, but, but, but let me tell you this: you were grown, grown. Because if you don't know how to, if you don't learn how to use your credit at a young age, you're going to come out of college and you're going to go into the wrong kind of debt before you get the good kind of debt. And more importantly, they're going to give you a credit card as soon as you get to college. And if it's a thousand dollars, you got a thousand dollars on that credit card in two weeks. I mean, yeah. just because you think you need it, right? But we don't understand what credit utilization is or what kind of credit to accept or even at what stages do we need to add this credit to our portfolio. So therefore, if we walk out of college or we walk out of high school and we got a 500 credit score or 400 credit score to start with because we had we, we didn't understand how to use it the proper way. And don't get me wrong. There's a reason why they're not teaching you about credit in school, because there's a lot of money made by credit card companies when you go to college and, they, and you run up all those credit cards and they know you can't pay for them. But at the same time, they, you can't get no student loan. But they give you a credit card, right? Wow. And, wow. and then the and the last part about that is, who taught you how to save money? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I mean, this is a question. Who taught you how to save money? Because my grandmother taught me how to save money, but the way my grandmother taught me how to save money worked in the nineteen sixties. Oh, I mean, it did right? It did. So, I, so, I, I, so. Yeah. I, I want to say I, I would like to say um, that uh, um, the question that you had asked them also earlier about um, managing money and budgeting. Um, yes. and, and I think it is so powerful having you on because for me, it was my father who taught me and my wow. father taught me um, that early. And, and one of the biggest ways he taught me was that I went to the bank with my father. I sat down when my father mm. met with the banking agent 
he, I was sitting there with him. And so the banking agent would be talking to my father and my father would turn and say, now explain it to her. And, oh. and so, um, so I, I appreciate and with you and talking about men and money, but I also know the importance of hearing my own father's voice yeah. when it yeah. came to money. Right. Yeah. And being able to see him do it in a way of ingraining, ingraining it to me early that even if I didn't understand what was being said, I was mm -hmm. able to watch him enough to understand part of the process. Yeah. Well, you know, Dr. Uh, yeah, Brown, that's big. That's big. It goes. It, I, I hear uh, I hear God telling Moses, rehearse this in the, mind, the ears of Joshua. He said, you got to rehearse this in his ears. And, and that thing being rehearsed, I, I had a piano teacher. I never really learned how to play the piano because I was the cute little girl with the big braids. And she would take me to the bank and the banker thought I was adorable because he wanted a daughter and didn't have a daughter. So I was his play daughter. And so uh, God bless Miss Weddington. God bless her soul. She's gone on to glory now. But Miss Weddington would take me to the bank with her and have me sit there with my little legs crossed and be cute and, and smile at all the little bankers as they come by. And then they she'd walk out of there happy because she got whatever little monies that she needed to get. But it, it is important that that be rehearsed, that they see yeah. this. Some, some, many people are very visual. I'm a visual person. I may, I may get stuck on the tech technology side of it, but if I can see it, you can't stop me. Mm. And so we learn differently. And, and it, that, that, that training is important. It really, really is. Now, Mr. Williams, it's 621. I, I, I don't want to be held hostage. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to say something real quick. I, as, we were talk, as you ladies were talking, somebody put a, a, along the bottom of the screen and said, um, we're talking about the plastic credit cards. Uh, yeah, um, got to teach a child about credit. Don't know about the plastic money. They ruined my credit. And, and, and that, but that goes back to the education about credit cards because coming out to get them to the scores that they need to be successful, they're going to have to learn how to use that plastic card. 30% utilization, keep it under 30. Understand that this is a tool to get you, it's not money, right? It's not money. It is a tool to allow you to grow your credit and so that you can achieve home ownership, that you can achieve these things later in life that you're going to need because you're going to need a loan at some point in time. And, the, and if we teach, if our kids can think about this, if every kid out of our community came out of, out of high school with a 700 credit score mm -hmm. or a 700 credit score or higher, and they understood how to budget, they could live, whatever job they had, they could live off half of that money. They could save the other half until they got to a point where they had to learn investments. And then on top of that, they, they, that that sets them up to walk into the world that they don't have to say, at 40 years old, I just hope to be a homeowner. Wow. I, and I, I, I like to add on to that because you highlight that comment. And um, and that uh, comment also comes um, from from one of our viewers who was actually my college roommate. Um, we were college roommates. And um, I also, though, want to add another layer um, into that, because not only, you know, that if you're not taught about credit and credit cards, but I know as for 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 she and I and and her cousin, um, first cousin, um, we and when we were roommates, is that but we were also at a PWI, and gotcha. at this PWI, we we are also surrounded by 
uh, other kids who don't look like us, but who have access to a lot of things, right? Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. so, so whether we want to admit it or not, that that yeah. that's some level of pressure that that here you are in this environment mm. with, yeah. with individuals who have access to things. Now we don't know, you know, we, you know, of course we we know better in hindsight. Oh well. You know their parents were, were major donors. You know they, you know they could, they they had this kind of things, and so if they can do it, and you know the the atmosphere, you know at the PWIs that if you're here, then you should be able to also have access to certain things. And so I think that's also another kind, you know, of, of something to 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 also you know kind of um, you know to look at, especially for, you know, um, those of us who you know. Who, if, if you're put into an environment of, at yeah. a PWI and, yeah, and yeah, this yeah. culture, the pressure is there for you to kind of keep up with that culture. Yeah, I mean, I, there's... Right now, I feel like the pressure is in every, in, in every space because if you turn on social media, they're telling these kids that they need this right now. Um, <laughs> and, and, and one of the things that, that we try to do in the household is... It's helped them understand who they are. Um, and I don't know if that works everywhere because, again, we, we might be a little bit more fortunate than every household in in, in our community. But getting our kids a, a well-roundedness about who they are um, mm-hmm. that helps. It's not going to clear at all because when they go to college and they see, they see you know, I mean, I understand. Uh, but I think that that we, if we get them geared for it, right? Think about this: if you're confident about your money, you're confident about about your your finances, and and when we come from those 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 backgrounds when we don't have it, I think that becomes an insecurity that now we have we carry it and saying. I gotta have that, right? Mm-hmm. But if we come from a place that I'm confident about my credit, I'm 18 years old with a 700 credit score. I'm, I'm confident that I'm, I don't need, I know how much money I need to live off of. I know how much money I need to save. Or if we're confident about some of these things, I think it it changes the narrative a little bit. But I don't know about you, when I went to college, I, I had no money. I, I couldn't call home and get no money. So when you see those things, I did. I, I, I was. I'm, I'm telling my kids what not to do. What I did. I did go get the two credit cards. I ran them babies up. I mean, I, I, I had to go get a job because I had to pay the credit card bills, right? Well, my father's co-signed for the student loan. <laughs> so I, I understand. I, but I did not come from a household where I understand what the budget was. I understand what credit was. I understood how to save. Uh, my parents had just finally been able to send me to college two years. They started. They finally start making the kind of money to be able to send me to college not too long before then. So those things that we're that we're talking about, they they weren't able to give me that. I know that when my children were graduated from high school, these credit cards showed up because during that time. They just sent the credit card in the mail. All you had to do was call the number on the back and activate it. And all you had to do. But part of that madness was, you know, fast forward, I received a call from uh, a guy who was asking to speak to my granddaughter. And, and I told him, no, you're not going to talk to her. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And he said, ma'am, this is a personal business matter and you need to put her on the phone. And I said, well, I hate to bust your bubble, but my granddaughter is only five. He said, what? I said, she's only five. But someone had gotten a hold of some credit card that was sent to her 
in her name at five. And they used the credit card and he was calling to demand payment. And I said, well, good luck with that. But they would just mail these cards out. There was no regard for where they were going. So it was sabotaging a lot of a lot of kids. But then on the other side of that, I also remember counseling uh, a, a woman who had taken her daughter's credit card and mm. used that credit card and used the child's social security number. And mm. so it up a lot of kids as well. And so when you when you talk about that, I, I mean, it is so important that we teach them how to value what they have. The other thing was that we never sent our children to the mall or with anybody unless they had their own money. Might not have been a hundred dollars, but it was enough for them to buy a drink and to buy a sandwich. Hmm. Let's say go with grandma and grandpa. We sent our kids with child with no money. Here we go. (laughs) 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 We're going to be real transparent. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 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 This is, this has been, this has been good. Been good. I really, really appreciate you you taking the time to come on and talk with us and, and just Mm -hmm. to share your story. Just want to encourage others that, you know, there's nothing that's so far out there that we can't attain it if if we have the knowledge to do what we need to do. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely listen, wonderful. Thank I you do. so very much thank um, thank for being for with us on. on today. Wow. Thank you. Hang around backstage for us if you would, please. All right. That was good. All right. <laughs> that was very good. Very much needed. All right. Um, Thank you all viewing audience for being with us on today. And those of you who will watch um, later, um, we bless God for you. And uh, Lord says the same. We'll see you same time next week.